With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckes and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. All right, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. We have a special edition today. I did a list, and they're allowing me to present this list, myself being Ty, also them being Luke, Eric, and Martin, as always, and I'm giving you our first overall pick rankings from the year 2000 until 2019, and they're going to then roast me, so let's get right into it. Was that good enough intro? No. I think so. It could have been a little bit faster. I agree with you. Could Eric, have been faster but... by like times five. <laughs> yeah. All right. But anyway, well, we're getting into. But we're now. here now. All right. So you're yeah. gonna read off your list, and then everyone's gonna yeah. basically roast you and then complain. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I think the top two is pretty self-explanatory. But I'm, I'm gonna start from. Start. The bottom. You have to say his list. Eric. Should I start from the bottom? Uh, start from the top and work your way down. All right. All right bet. Uh, say less. Um, we're starting at number one with Sid the Kid Crosby from the year 2005. And I'm doing this from today's date, right? Like, that's not to say, and number two, obviously, uh, I'll just go right to it, is McDavid, right? From 2015. Um, this isn't to say that McDavid is not as good as Crosby today, but I just think that, that, you know, based on Crosby's career to this point, he is the better player, right? We can debate this season, you know, who's better or last season or whatever into the future. But I just think based on their careers so far and the impact they've had on their franchise, Crosby, number one, McDavid, number two. So just to clarify, your ranking is basically where you think they'll end up with by the end at the end of their careers, right? So if you... So like McDavid by the like obviously at this point in his career McDavid hasn't achieved more than Ovechkin or whoever else yeah behind him for second place. But yeah, I I just think that like if we're talking and also talking about like the impact they had on their franchise like Crosby was like an instant impact. I mean they also had Malkin you know coming in at, in at the same time, but that that obviously helped. But like McDavid didn't make the playoffs for for what 
three of his four seasons so far, right? And Crosby's won three cups. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. But I, I, so. I but what I'm saying is like you're just assuming like you're just trying to predict the rest of McDavid's career too, right? Because yeah, I get yeah. You're okay. S- yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I, like you can't. I'm a, I'm a. Go. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Oh, you no. Go I was ahead. gonna say like let's say Jack Hughes is much lower on your list, for example, if it were. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Hey. I know, but I'm just giving an example to clarify. Luke, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, like obviously he hasn't achieved much in the NHL yet, but com- uh, but compared to someone like Nail Yakupov, who technically has achieved more than Jack Hughes has. But you're gonna anticipate, yeah. you know, Jack Hughes over the next. Yeah, he's not gonna flame out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So then yeah, continue down your list because I don't think anyone right. has a problem with Crosby and McDavid one and two. Right. Number three, I got the grade eight Alex Ovechkin, um, and I think that uh, he is the best goal scorer of all time in the NHL. To be able to do what he's doing consistently, and he's now what thirty three years old, thirty four. I think. Yeah, Anyone I think he's, want he's, to fact check? I think he's turning thirty-four. Yeah, he's got gray hair now. He looks like a nice daddy, right? Um, he's got he's that. He's thirty-four. Nice... He's turning thirty-five this year. Oh Jesus Christ, he's old. Old eh? man Ovechkin, and he's still he's still going to put up fifty goals next year if he play a full season. Despite what McGuire said. Yeah. Wait, 30, what did yeah, McGuire say? He... Pierre McGuire said that Ovechkin will never score another fifty goals season. Oh, Pierre Maguire is the biggest Did say that? idiot analyst. I, I just saw it on Insta. What? Well, that's crazy. <laughs> Who is, is that from like a fake or... Insta? Or... I don't know. I didn't look too heavy into it. Ovechkin? I know. I don't think you Fucking idiot. Pierre Maguire would. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you know what? He's behind Crosby and McDavid just because, you know, he's had a huge impact on his franchise, obviously, but just because he's. He's not a center. He's a winger, right? And um, according to some, they say he's a replacement-level player. Not going to name names, but uh, I, I saw some talk about this. Um, all right, on to number four. <laughs> right, Eric? Sure. I'm not going <laughs> to... On to number four. Try your ridiculousness, but anyways. On to number four, we have Nate the Great McKinnon from the year 2013. That's and, interesting. Um, yeah, I have him there because he is just a game breaker. Um, these past two seasons or three seasons, I guess now, um, he's been insane, and just just his ability to to um, change like uh, just change the game, right? And he is fast. He's he's um, he's got a great shot, right? And he made an immediate impact right when he was eighteen years old with Colorado. And so I have him at number so, four. So I think this is where it starts to get a little controversial because I think. A lot of people might have Patrick Kane there at number four. Um, but I thought we weren't commenting until the end. Hey, McKinnon has had, what, three no. MVP seasons com- in a row. Why would we comment at the end? That's going to take forever. Yeah, we're commenting through this list because there's only one. Yeah, it's, it's just okay. my list. Okay. Come on, Martin, All follow right. along. I, I have Jesus not been commenting yeah. for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> he, he I thought we were just going to rip him apart at the end. It's like, it's just fucked <laughs> up. Why are you? Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> it's too much to remember by waiting till the end. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think you could put Patrick Kane there, but I, I, don't, yeah. I don't necessarily say McKinnon couldn't go there. 
Well, I think I agree. I think I have McKinnon above Kane because, like Ty said, the whole winger versus center thing is also mm-hmm. pretty important. But McKinnon's also more of a two-way player than Kane was, even in, mm-hmm. in his like best in his prime. And um, McKinnon still think... like could win cups, not could probably will with Colorado. But yeah, I mean Colorado's looking good, so mm-hmm. he's he's a, he's definitely on a playoff team right now, like a top-tier playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. And Colorado's only going to get better over the next three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I just think that like he is one of the best players in the league, right? Like hands down these past three years he's had three like mvp caliber seasons right yes um or he's been up there right and it's just i i I think back to this goal he scored i think it was against calgary in the first round of the playoffs in overtime where he just like blew away from the the defenders it was uh against calgary and i think it was giordano right he just blew past him rips it top corner overtime winner right Mm -hmm. that that just kind of and I, I and I look to I, I'll move on to my next pick number five Austin Matthews, right? We compare McKinnon to we always say like oh McKinnon Matthews maybe they're in the same tier but I I just don't ever see Matthews do something like as consistently as as McKinnon. It's not to say he's not a game breaker but I just think McKinnon's speed sets him apart from like Matthews. So I have at number five like I said 2016. So and I think he sorry go finish your point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's just come into the league, scored goals, 40 goals as a rookie, four goals in his first game. I was like in tears, right? I saw him live. I've seen him live two, three times I, now, right? And he's just the tears. best player. <laughs> I wasn't, I was almost in tears when they won the, uh, I'm not almost, I was in tears when they won the lottery for Austin Matthews. It's just, I remember like, seeing other Leaf fan reactions, like some of my buddies, like they, put it on Snapchat and stuff when they when the Leafs won the lottery and they were just going fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Did you expect him to be this good though? Did anybody expect him to be this good? I think so. I think people expected it. I actually I maybe so. they didn't expect him to be this this good, but they expected him I think I they know. expected him to be more Jack so. Eichel than they did, you know, more closer to Nathan McKinnon. Like li- like listen though. Like, Jack Eichel's pretty close the- to Nathan McKinnon though. I always say this, right? When when he was into when he came into the league, his first year, his rookie year, I, don't know I would have been I would have been happy with like twenty goals and like maybe fifty points, right? We'll say like a twenty twenty five goal season, another twenty twenty five assists. I would have been happy with that in his rookie year. The guy comes in and he drops forty goals. He drops four goals in his first game, right? Well, that's the interesting thing because he's like up until this point in their careers, Matthews has clearly been a better player than McKinnon was. Right, but then McKinnon kind of took it, you know, like you said, two or three years ago, to that next tier of player being going from the fifty to sixty-five ish point guy to being a eighty plus ninety point player, basically. So, yeah, if you're projecting it, you could say, Matt, does Matthews have that next gear to kind of surpass McKinnon, or is he is he what he is now? Basically, is this kind of the best of what we'll see of Austin Matthews? In and, which case, you could assume that Nathan McKinnon's the better player. That's not to say that Matthews isn't a great player. I just don't think he's as good as McKinnon is. Or I think, I think Matthews has an higher gear. Yeah, like, dude, like, I, I can see Matthews getting like sixty goals. And he's the best five-on-five scorer in the league since he so, came. But in if, so, if Austin Matthews is putting up sixty-goal seasons, is he better than McKinnon at that point? Like, I would say probably because I won't see like McKinnon's obviously more playmaker than Matthews is for sure. But mm-hmm. I don't see I McKinnon just, ever having a sixty-goal year. 
right? just think McKinnon, McKinnon's like game breaking speed is is kind of what sets him apart. Like, obviously McDavid's the fastest player in the league, but like McKinnon's just there behind him, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Matthews won't get to the speed level. Like that's a hard yeah. thing to gain. It's all. It's also interesting because I think people, if we're going a little bit back towards talking about like the difference between McKinnon, Matthews, and Kane. Kane, like, he never really put... Uh, after his, like, Calder season in his first year, obviously, uh, he didn't win, like, an art rock. He wasn't the best player in the league after his rookie season the way McKinnon and Matthews have been in their respective, like, years, I think. Like, Matthews is clearly one of the best players in the league right now, like, top... What are you talking about, 2015, 2016? Fucking Patrick Kane won an art No, but, that, but Kane was... But Kane was 30 at that point, right? I'm talking about early in his career, the first, you know, five, like, let's say five seasons if we're talking about McKinnon, Matthews right now, right? I think they've shown that they're already in a top 10 players in the game, whereas I don't think Kane was a top 10 player in 2007, 2008. I, I have to make this joke every time, right? Now Patrick Kane isn't even as good as Nick Benino, right? <laughs> every time, without fail. All right. Anyway, um, on to the next. All right, pick. on to the next one. So it's yeah. so as Number right six. now it's Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews. Okay. Ovechkin, McKinnon, Ovechkin, Matthews. Ovechkin, McKinnon. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, correct. So top five. That's my top five. Number six, I have uh, good old Markham boy Steven Samkos, two thousand and eight. Um, keep going. We'll let you explain yourself. Hey, hey. What, what do you okay? I Give him a chance to explain himself before the we guy's a sick goal, Yeah, the guy's a sick goal scorer as well, right? And I just unfortunately, he's had some major injuries these past uh, couple of years, right? Like he broke his leg in half, right? Yeah, one one year, and yeah. um, you know, it's just uh, he's just a consistent guy. I think he scored, I think he has scored 60 goals, right? I didn't do much research, yeah, to be had, honest. It was yeah. on my it was on my lunch break. He's the only 60 goal scorer in the 2000s, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll take your word for it, but I... I, I you mean drafted I, in the 2000s or what? what no, like the about? only... He's had the only 60-goal season since the year 2000, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Another, I don't, I don't just, know. Just a... <laughs> he's got a it great... It sounds team. right. <laughs> it seems right. It seems right. We'll go with it. I don't know. He's just... Uh, I've always liked him. Um, you know, he did go to the, the Catholic high school in my area, right? Uh, maybe there's a bit of a bias there. Um, but uh, go ahead and Just by mentioning honest. it, there's a bias there. Yeah. Brother Andre, I went to Markham District. The only cool person who went there was thanks, Jeff Skinner. Thanks for, thanks for telling us, Ty. Did you go to Markham District too, Eric and Luke? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE, all caps. 
BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, so so what's your reasoning about about having Stamkos over Kane or Tavares, which I assume mainly right? over Kane. Yeah. Um, I t- it's well, I know at this point in his career, maybe Stamkos is more of a winger, but um, I firstly center. He played center to begin his career. Uh, secondly, uh, he scores goals, right? Like Kane, he puts up points, right? But and I think I would think I I picture Kane more of, as a playmaker, whereas Stamkos. Pure sniper. Yeah, um, I, 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 I would put Patrick Kane in this slot, probably. Um, you know what? These these picks here were all pretty close for me, right? Yeah, um, for sure. My next pick was actually John Tavares, right? Yeah. Um, he's a little Patrick bit different, Kane. and then Patrick Kane, yeah, number. So that's uh, six, seven, eight. There, they were all pretty close in the same sort of tier, right? Um, but- I have Tavares here at number seven. He's just going to, he's, he, again, just consistently, he's a leader as well, center. Good leadership. Came home to Toronto. So another bias. Potentially. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Keep going. Um, Patrick Kane, number eight. Uh, That's the 2007 draft. You know, like these these three players are all pretty comparable, I think, in regards to where you can put them on a ranking, right, of the top players in the league. I think somewhere between top ten to twenty, right? Just based on the fact Kane has three cups, I know people don't like using cups, like the analytics people, but three and being part of like a dynasty, I think put Kane puts Kane above Tavares and. Stamkos, considering Stamkos and Tavares haven't had playoff success, Tavares has barely made the playoffs, and Stamkos has been less like he's been good. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't like fully led his team to a cup. Not saying Kane fully has either. He's obviously had help, but I would say Kane has uh, been a major part. I would be okay with putting any of these three players in any order. Yeah. Right. Um, what just separated them for me, putting Stamkos ahead of them, was because Stamkos did score 60 goals one year, and no one else has done that in yeah. a long time. Yeah. I have Tavares ahead of Kane just because um, center over winger, right? And now I ha- and then I have Kane at number eight. But I'd be okay. These three are below the top five in regards to the tiers. It's so unfortunate about Stamkos' injury. It would be interesting to see. Like, he's still sick. Yeah. He, that broken he, leg. That, his leg broke in half, right? Like, he had, <laughs> he had to have major surgery on that. Smashed it into the net. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's why he, I, I don't think maybe, maybe he's not as fast a skater. Maybe he's not as, but he, he's more of a winger at this point of his career. And I think from here on out, he'll play more wing, especially with the team he has, right? Point and Sorelli at center. I, I, I think Kane's definitely about Tavares. I would personally. agree. I'd be okay and with that because P- Patrick Kane, a good London Knight, Another bit of a bias there. <laughs> Wasn't Tavares also a London Knight? He was. For, for the end of the season, yeah. He was yeah. more of an Oshawa general. I think he identifies yeah. more of an Oshawa general. Yeah, for sure. But I shouldn't assume that. Never assume <laughs> what he identifies as. Um, <laughs> number nine, I have... This might be a little bit controversial. I have Ilya Kovalchuk, 2001. Um, now, I know Kovalchuk kind of cut he dipped right dipped to, to russia for five seasons but uh in regards to being like a a sniper right a, a goal scorer he's right up there with ovechkin right in regards to like having a stick ovechkin and stamkos and and being like a, a power play specialist like that one spot you know the the right wings the sorry the the right shot left wing slap shot on the power play Ilya Kovalchuk. I like Kovalchuk there. Um, I like it I, there. I think he's sick. Um, he's definitely better than some of the other guys on the list. Um, it's just unfortunately left, and yeah. that will tarnish his. But if you yeah. look at what he did in the KHL, didn't he win like a whole bunch of the KHL trophy? Yeah, like but... the, the, what is it called? The. Gregorian Cup or or something like that. So, like, if you're comparing, like, hockey, just overall hockey ability, he still went over to the K and killed it. So, I think like, although although he didn't have a great return back with the LA Kings, uh, right? He was kind of released by them, but he came to Montreal and he was good Mm -hmm. uh, in his limited time there and was kind of flipped to Washington and who knows what him and Ovechkin could have done together. That was kind of fun. When mm-hmm. that happened, that but was fun. He's at Especially, he's towards yeah. the end of his career, and he can still rip it, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, he's number ten. Guy. Yeah, number ten. I have Rick Nash from two thousand and two. Um, now we're getting to some like these players are all again kind of comparable, right? From here on out, um, until we get to kind of the busts that that occurred, right? But I have Nash here, and um. Although for the first little bit of his career when he was with Columbus, he really didn't do much. Um, he was still their best player year after year after year after year. It's kind of not his fault that he didn't have a much of a team around him, right? Like, I only think they made the playoffs like twice while he was with Columbus. I'm seeing um, once. Once. <laughs> but I think he put up like 30, 40 goals most seasons, right? Yeah. My quick research. Yep. 30 plus goals. Every year except two in Columbus. Yeah, I just, okay. Where are you guys right now? Because I just joined in finally after <laughs> missing like 10 minutes. We're on number 10. Number Rick Nash. 10. Rick Nash. 10. Oh, I wanted to complain. I didn't even notice you were gone. Wow, that's how much I, we I noticed he was gone, but I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Why is it um, in quarantine? Yeah. I wanted to complain about the Kovalchuk pick. That was the last okay. thing I heard. Okay, go. Okay, go quickly. Go. Go ahead. Nonsense. Why? He left the NH. He left the NHL for like a decade. Well, yeah. So and 
He was sick while he was there. But if you can't, but he was only sick for what? How many years did he play in the NHL? Oh, like from 2001 seven? until Three, 2012, seven, six, seven, I think. Eight, nine, ten, 11, oh shit! Okay, he played a lot more seasons than I thought he did. Played 11 40 years. Goals. 40 okay, goals. now you know what? I I can accept that then, I guess. I put Rick Nash at number ten, Eric. I said this because uh, you almost won a cup too. Kovalchuk or Nash? Kovalchuk. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Rick Nash, number 10. We got number 11, Taylor Hall from 2010. Like, you have them back-to-back, but I think you could have Hall above Nash. And probably, maybe by the end of his career, you could probably have him above Cole Jack. Taylor Nash? Hall? No, Taylor, oh, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Over, over Listen, Cole Jack and Nash. I don't know. Taylor Hall's hard because he's had so many up-and-down years. Yeah. Like, he was very, very good, but, like, this season he was – God awful. Rick Nash was dominant until he like broke himself later on in his career. Well, yeah, yeah, a lot of injuries. Yeah. yeah. So I have I have Taylor Hall here. He was a league MVP. Let's not forget that. Let's not downplay that. Um, but he, you're right. He did have some up and down years, and he's a great player. But I just think he's kind of a tier behind these guys. Rick Nash does have a rocket though, so there is that. A Rick Nash. Like a really low score in here. Yeah, it was only it was only a forty goal year. I mean, not an only only a forty goal year, like a forty goal year sick. But yeah, it was a lower scoring year for sure. And he only had fifty seven points that year. Like this. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was such a weird stat line: forty one goals and sixteen assists. And he was a. I know we all hate plus minus, or I do, but like minus thirty five as well. It's kind of a really weird season. For not him. not his fault that they couldn't build much of a team around him in Columbus. Yeah, like yeah, that's definitely part. That's probably part of the low assist. I would like to say he's also a London Knight. Like... London Knight, you're right. You are absolutely <laughs> right. A good London. Knight. Lots of London Knights on this list. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> number twelve, I have Aaron Ekblad, twenty fourteen. Um, now, this is kind of, um, a con- I think you guys said it was a bit of a, a controversial pick, right? Having Ekblad this low, or sorry, this high, you would have pro- probably had him lower, but um, he's had some concussion problems um, in his young career so far. I think he's had like four or five of them at least. Um, and I think that's kind of impacted his play. But I think this year he was really, really good for Florida. Um, maybe he's not the number one defenseman that people were hoping for. But he's still a solid I mean, right-handed I think, defenseman. I think, he, I think he is at this point. I think he became a number one defenseman like this season. Yeah. So I just don't he's think solid. he became. Yeah, I just don't think he became that number one defenseman like as quickly as fans might have wanted him to be. Like it took him, you know, five seasons basically to become a number one defenseman. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, that's not ideal when you're taking a pick someone first overall you know you want them just like all the forwards or not all the forwards but most of the forwards you want them to kind of dominate right away you're thinking Crosby you're thinking Kane you're thinking Stamkos Tavares Taylor Hall McKinnon McDavid Matthews they all dominated right away but defensemen don't do that which is why they're kind of hard to rank because now because now that Ekblad kind of finally had his breakout year this season like now it's going to be hard to rank him, right? Like, does he continue putting up 
these you know number one defenseman years but how many more years does he have of that right like because quite a few i think the defenseman like top defenseman can go for a while yeah that's true like but also, top defensemen can fall off early too, right? Like, well, yeah, Jeffy, the, Carlson, they're falling off, and they're basically thirty right now. But the other thing is, he started guys. when he was eighteen, so like, yeah, and those guys, and Doughty and Carlson both played um, uh, another junior year, right, before coming into the NHL. Mm-hmm. So there's part that also is a factor for sure, but I don't think that one or two year difference makes a player fall off at, like, 35 versus 30. Mm-hmm. My my one problem with uh, Ekblad, where you have him, was your reasoning for putting Dahl in so low was because you thought Svedge should have gone first that year. Like, shouldn't, like, uh, Dreisaitl have gone first that year? <laughs> or Pasternak. Or Pasternak, or Point, yeah. Or, like, a bunch I of have other a, guys. I have a bit of a soft spot for Aaron Ekblad. Um, because he was in, in junior, he was a, he was a, a what do they call him? The exceptional status, right? Yeah. He came in and he dominated there and he came into the NHL as an 18 year old rookie defenseman. And then he just had some concussion problems. Um, but, but Dolly, like, okay. On your list, I think you have Dolly in like 16th or We're 17th. We're getting there. Shut up. Spoiler know, alert. Point, spoiler alert. That's is, so low. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like Ekblad did the exact same thing that Dolan did. Like Dolan's been sick, and Dolan's been unreal. Like he's had a forty-point year. I think he had a fifty-point year this season, or was on pace for it. So, like, how do you justify Ekblad being whatever eleven? Does it, and then Dolan being that low, twelfth, and Dolan being that low? I, I, I think I have. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of bias in this amend- list. Amendment. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I think it's because Ekblad's a good Canadian boy, and uh, Alan, Alan's a soft European, and he doesn't okay. like the soft European. <laughs> no. He's on Buffalo, too. All right, okay. number 13. Who's after Ekblad? Uh, number 13, I have Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, That's high. What's high mm-hmm. about it? I'm high? No, that's high. Like okay. putting him thirteen. How is Listen, that high? Having he, he's been a solid goalie since he came. He, he's had some bad playoff runs. I'll never forget this. The the one year against um, Philadelphia in the playoffs. So that was the most exciting games I've ever watched in my life. Like each game was like seven five. Him and Breeze Galov, who could let in the most goals every night. Right. Okay. So <laughs> was that a benefit towards but, having Flurry higher? He led in a because, lot of goals. No, I'm just saying. I, I was bringing up his playoff, <laughs> um, I guess, failures. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he he was an impact for the Penguins. Right. To making those cup runs, not just their first one in 2009, but also um, in their the first. I think it was 2016 where Murray was injured the first two rounds of the playoffs and Fleury came in there and he was solid and he's just a great mm-hmm. teammate. He's been a great teammate and he went to Vegas and he was a huge reason they went to the finals that their first year. I agree. And he's just been a solid goalie, especially these past five years. But don't you think that guys like Nico Hishier, Jack Hughes should, and Darlene, no, especially no. Darlene, should be higher than Flurry. How Fleury. many, how many goalies can come in the league and be a starter from 2013 until 2020? 
2013 to 2020. Sorry, 2003. I said 2003. Oh, okay. 2003. I was about to say. Sorry. I, if I said 2013, I meant no, 2003. Since he came no, no, in the league, no, he's been a starter. Yeah, he's Getting been a that starter. Getting that value out of a goalie. That also doesn't mean that he was an, a good starter for a lot of those years, right? But he still managed to do it. That's impressive to me. Um, it is impressive. There's no like Flurry's had an amazing career, and I love Flurry because he's also like just this happy-go-lucky guy. And I think you're like, just underestimating the age of because you have a lot of these younger guys like drafted more recently below him, like Kishier, Dolan, Nuge. Like so, I can like, see Flurry being above Nugent Hopkins because he has yes. really for a first overall pick. Our Nugent Hopkins, he really hasn't had any. He hasn't really done anything special, honestly. Like you know, he's a he. He's basically a guy you'd expect to get like in the mid rounds of the first round, not a top three guy. But Flurry, like it just seems like the kind of goalie that he became is a guy that you could have grabbed in later rounds too, right? No Whereas way. I don't think you can grab a Dalene in the second round or third round. No way. But this is a more recent thing. It also comes. Begs for the question, like, uh, how much has drafting change, changed and stuff? Like, there's no way. If Flurry was up for drafting this year, right, or within 20, from 25, from past 2003, right, when, when teams stopped taking goalies and they stopped taking defensive defensemen and they stopped wasting their first-round picks on goalies and defensemen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wouldn't go first overall today, that's for sure, if we did, if we, you know, if he was up for, he was draft eligible. But... Mm-hmm. For a guy to go first overall and to have the career he's had, um, it's pretty impressive. And being as consistent as he has, other than a couple rocky playoff runs, right? But, I mean, how consistent has he really been? Because, really, he wasn't a starting goalie until 2005, permanently, right? No. That's, okay. when, he started, that's when he started getting 50 games. See, I'm just looking at his, like, his career stats right now. He only started... He became a starting goalie in 2005, and then that season he wasn't good at all. Not that like Pittsburgh was was a good team at that time by any means. Um, so he he wasn't really you know he only, he didn't even have higher than nine ten save percentage until 2007 2008. Okay. And then and then but, there's a bunch of inconsistent years within there, right? Where he's an average goalie to above average goalie. Up until the last, you know, five seasons, and then he's had it's, one or two good seasons. Essentially, what Eric is trying to argue is goalies should not go first overall. Yeah, it's just value between getting a Dalene who's amazing and getting, especially if you look at guys drafted yeah. that year. Again, like Patrice Bergeron, Getzlaff. Um, yeah, because he was two thousand three, right? Like, there's some. Amazing guys. Like if I just go to the list here. Perry Pavelski. Bergeron, Getzleff, Parise, Suter, Shea Weber, Brent Burns, Eric Stahl, Jeff Carter, Ryan Kessler. Yeah. Not that he's okay. Been I, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. But I just think that to, you're kind of downplaying the career that Flurry's had as well. But I, so do you think you'd still have this same opinion if Pittsburgh didn't win cups in 2016, 2017? Well, he wasn't there in 2017, or he wasn't playing. Oh, sorry, 2015, 2015, 2016, is it? Whatever the years are. I'm just saying that in the one, there was one year he came in 
um, when um, yeah. Murray was injured. He started the first two rounds. He, um, and and he was just came in and he was he and he was on the bench for the rest of it. But still, but but you're still talking about like specific like specific little time frames where okay he he got them to the second or third round. Whether how how well he performed in those playoffs is I don't I I can't honestly remember it was so long ago, but like, do you think Nico Hichier would have had a lower impact on that team versus Flurry and com- put replacement level player for Flurry and compared to well like Nico Hichier or I, Rasmus Dahlin? I think the difference in value between those things are way too big where you can still rank like flurry and ryan Eugene hopkins i could see because he's had a very average career but dolly looks like a star i agree I, I disagree that he looks like a star but he is he looks my, like he looks like he a is, star he, he looks my, like a star. he is my number 14 pick okay i've kind of amended my list Oh no no stick to your original list. Don't change this You wanna be a respectable podcast. You have to to your values. I told you I did this on my minute break today, okay? I'm a hardworking man. I didn't have much time to look at it, and I have reconsidered. Stick 14. to your values. I'm sticking to my values of everything else. No, 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 no. Go back. Go back to your original list. <laughs> we just want. Don't tell me what to do. It's my list. I should never no, wait. Uh, you. Can you just tell people what it was before your original list was before, so that they could they realize how low you had Dolan? Yeah, he was number seventeen. <laughs> oh. I behind Nuge. The big one well, there is behind Nuge. Now, now he's not, okay? Now he's not. And let's Ridiculous. go with that. We have Dolly number 14. Um, okay. The Part of the reason why I don't like him as much is because I've been reading some – I read some articles throughout the year from Travis Yost, right? He, he writes mm-hmm. on the side for Buffalo. He also writes for TSN. And he was kind of doing a, a dive into Darlene, right? And, and sort of the career he's had so far, the numbers he's put up, which I mean is two seasons now, right? But it just And he's still a teenager. Wasn't, it wasn't that impressive to me. And I just think that like Buffalo would have gotten like I, I, I remember Darlene. He played for Sweden in like the twenty sixteen World Junior Championships as like a fifteen and he just turned sixteen or something like that, right? And he was like their yes. top pairing, one of their top pairing defensemen. <laughs> And everyone's like, this guy's sick. He's going first overall 2018. They've been saying they would sit that for two years. But yeah. looking yeah. at this draft, right? I really think that Svechnikov was the better player and should have gone first overall. And I mean, sure. that's... I maybe he should have went first overall. I, like, we'll I don't even know about group. that, to be honest. Like, I think Svechnikov has definitely been better over the last two years, for sure. I don't think there's any doubting that, especially this season where he was like amazing he just broke out completely and dominated but you're projecting these guys over the next decade right so Sveshnikov obviously he's going to be a top 10 winger in the NHL and I think it's fair to assume that Darlene's going to be a top 10 defenseman in the I NHL don't I think it's that. more likely he's to a top five you, defenseman to be honest with you I don't see that I don't see his career going that why way. you don't see top 10 like no. he's sick so 
so okay, I don't, I don't even know how to. I don't even defense. It's my list. Defense are really hard, hard to evaluate younger because like defense is really difficult for like a, think about you when you were 19 were you really caring especially if you were offensively gifted too like were you really caring about like the defensive aspects or were you like yeah. i want to score played, i want to still be the number one guy played house league hockey points. martin i don't care <laughs> i don't care Ty. i know when i was 16 i wanted to score goals like i just like so Martin, it, it takes a lot of like mental. Even, it takes a lot of even, mental work and mental like training yeah. to get better at the defensive aspect. The thing is, you're not even an adult. He's what? He's not even. Tw- is he twenty? He's no, twenty, he's, right? He's 20. He, he just turned twenty. He just turned twenty, right? So he, he was nineteen all a, the year. Like, think about what we were all like at nineteen years old. Yeah. Okay. He can't even drink in the States. He, he, he can't even drink athletes. a beer where he plays yet, okay? <laughs> he can just barely vote right now. Okay. Let's Actually, he can't vote the US News, but that's not the point. I'm done. He, he hasn't – he's clearly shown that he's a good player, and he's already a top four defenseman in the I don't see why – how you can write him off as being a top 10 I or even a top 20 defenseman. I don't think he's going to be a top defenseman. I, I just don't see it. Like, how you can have Ekblad so, so high. But you, but, okay, but if he ends up as a top 20 defenseman, do you think he could be a top 20 defenseman? I mean, like, who is the top 20 defenseman right now? Like, I don't think many of them are that great. So I think that's pretty... <laughs> I mean, if you're, a top 20 def- if you're a top 20 defenseman, you're... Are you're a number one defenseman on, on every team? Yeah, yeah. No, right? I, I get you. I can see that, but top ten. Okay, no. so, okay. So if he's a top twenty defenseman, you don't think he ends up being better than, like, better than Svechnikov? No, not better than Svechnikov, but better than Ryan Nugent Hopkins or. Uh, yeah, I do think he's better Flurry. than Nuge. I don't so think he'd be he, better than Flurry. I don't think his career would be better than Flurry's. But if he's a top twenty defenseman, you don't think he'd be more valuable to his team than Flurry would be? No. So if we're looking at the top twenty defensemen this year, for example, I'd say Latang is in the bottom, bottom five there, fifteen to twenty range, arguably, right? So you don't think Latang is more valuable than Flurry? I don't. No. I don't. Okay, you're crazy. All right. <laughs> just, just establishing this craziness. Is, <laughs> number number fifteen. All right, we got to move we, on. We have, yeah, we're gonna play spike ball. We have Nico Heischer. Um He's uh, he was kind of a surprise pick there. I guess it was always between uh, Nolan Patrick and him, but um, especially looking back at that draft, uh, there's a guy who went number five to Vancouver who really should have gone first overall. Miro Heiskanen's also good, but uh, uh, the the stats guys love what Nico brings to the table. Not just Mc, he's McCarr's not bad. Yeah, exactly. There were some good guys just behind him, but um, the stats guys like him and the impact he brings defensively. Um, he's not he's not the big goal scorer that Matthews was drafted the year before him. He's not a game breaking. He's not a you know the superstar like McDavid was two years before that, right? But um, he's still he's still going to be a solid player, I think, in his career. Yeah, I th- I think Nico his I think you have Hishie like rated properly. Like I think he's still going to be a really really good. Although I would have him above Flurry still. I'm still I still don't understand how you could have him there. But regardless, we've argued that. Um, 
because his year he's a re- he's really good, right? I think just the part of the problem is he doesn't put up the bigger point totals that other players have been able to because he doesn't have anyone with him, right? Like he has Hall, but even Hall is kind of gone now. Like he doesn't have offensive support. New Jersey isn't a high scoring team by I, any means. I, they don't have a good power play. He doesn't have any offensive defensemen behind him other than Butcher. So it's just like so he hasn't put up the big point totals, but he is a very good player. He's solid defensively. I don't think he's gonna win a Selke anytime soon or anything like that. But he's an he's a good old good player. He's probably not a guy you'd hope to get first overall. You'd probably hope for more of a Pedersen type guy that went behind him, but he's still a very good player. Yeah. Um and next up we'll go to uh I think this would be number fifteen, sixteen. I kinda lost track after my uh Adjustments had to be made. We got uh, Jack Hughes, 2019. Um, now I know that Jack Hughes is, was said to be like a soup. He's going to be like everyone thought he was going to be a superstar, but I just didn't see that impact this year. And maybe it's because he's a bit of a smaller guy. Maybe it's because, excuse me, maybe it's because it just was his rookie year. But he wasn't the immediate impact that. I guess a lot of scouts thought he was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had a, he had a really bad year. He didn't have a really bad year this year. I think Capo Caco had a really bad year this year, but he definitely didn't perform up to what pe- what people thought he would. I think I had him projected for a 50 point season in my like preseason predictions. So I was very, very off. What do you put up? 20, 21 points. Jesus. Yeah. 21 points so i wasn't even halfway there (laughs) but um sorry it's not to say that he's not going to have a great career because it is just one year right hard to base a guy off of just one year um but he hasn't brought the impact or he wasn't the impact that people thought he was going to be you know kind of like that that patrick kane type right i think this is another example of the team around him being problematic i think new jersey had just a terrible year this year he didn't have any support. He was moved around with his lines a lot. He didn't he didn't have any consistent players. New Jersey went through a coaching change and a GM change and just a whole bunch of different changes there. But I think his underlying numbers were also very good. It showed that uh, he's already one of the best transition players in the NHL. So if you look at guys like that, you know, showed the same kind of season that he did before. Like Kevin Fiala, for example, last season, you could tell that through his transition data that he was already one of the best transition players in the NHL. So, and he broke, finally broke out this year. So I think Hughes has all the underlying skill to break out. I just don't think it, it happened yet. And I can see, I think he's one of those guys that you look back on this list in two, three, four years, we might look really stupid having him this low. And when I say we, I mean you. Yep. <laughs> hey, you guys are agreeing with me. You wouldn't put him no, any I higher than the other guys. So I, I having him in this sort of range right now. I'm higher right now. I think it's I hard. I think it's hard to put him higher. Yeah, I number, would still have him higher than Flurry though. Number fourteen, I have the. Uh, sorry, not fourteen. Seventeen, I, I have. Sure I have the Nuge, uh, twenty eleven. Yeah. Um, I think we've debated this one enough. He he had a good like start of his career, right? And I remember he was crazy in junior, right? He was the, like, without a doubt, the first overall, the scout said, without a doubt, the first overall pick in 2011, right? Um, but um, he's just Wasn't. not been 
yeah he just hasn't done anything really yeah. like he's just been a middling player like his best year was this year with 61 points in 65 games but he'll like never his... sorry he, he, sorry he'll always be behind mcdavid and and dry right and i'll 100 he'll yeah. be one of the complimentary guys to them which is kind of not the impact you thought he would bring to when he was drafted first overall in 2010 or 2011 yeah. sorry yeah. Yeah, and then there's guys that went behind him that clearly ended up having better careers. Gabriel Landeskog. Almost Hugo, everybody. Banjad, Shifley, Sean Couturier, Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> like, every almost everyone in the top ten except for like Adam Larson and Ryan Strom had a better career than he did up to this point. Yeah. Even like Jonas Brodeen, he he isn't a point. He doesn't put up a lot of points, but he's one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Okay, NFL okay, season. evolving wild. That's enough from you. Um, <laughs> Number 18. <laughs> Miller also went behind Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Eric, that's enough. I just don't, I just don't, I'm not a fan. Eric Johnson, number 18. Oh, um, John Gibson. He also okay. went behind. Okay, great. Uh, Eric Johnson, number, uh, 2006. I forgot this guy was a first overall draft pick, to be honest with you. Um, but. Not to say he isn't a solid defenseman. I think he's a top four defenseman on Colorado at this point in his career, right? But um, he's been a solid defenseman his whole career. His whole career, but yeah, he's just solid. Do you like think that know. not not as not a not a first overall talent in my opinion? Let's no. take a look at that 2006 draft quickly, if we don't mind. I just want to see who else was drafted behind him. Taves and Backstrom. There you, there you go. There you go. Um, Imagine that, if, man. That hurts. Eh? Yep. Drew, Marchand, Jordan Saul. Yeah, dude. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of guys who could have gone. Um, next we have. This, now is we're also, the... this is also a really weak draft by comparison. Sure. Like there weren't like that top after like Taves and Backstrom, Castle. Like a, there wasn't that many great talents. To well, be well, sure, but mm. wouldn't the team look a lot better with Jonathan Taves? Yeah. A hundred percent. Imagine if they didn't screw that up and took Taves or Backstrom. Like yeah. they. But you also can't can't comment something like "What if they didn't screw it up?" Because back in two thousand six, how much were you paying attention to how hyped players were and stuff? That's very true. I wasn't thinking about that at all. <laughs> and again, not to, not to downplay, know. not to downplay Eric Johnson at all, but uh, he's kind of a forgotten first overall pick. If I, I, yes. could, I could list every other one, and I would I would never have guessed that he went first overall. I like Eric Johnson, partly because I picked him up in fantasy, and he's been solid for me like quite a few. Because he just gets a lot of hits and blocks for every. <laughs> he's, just a, he's just a streamer pickup. It's like if you're losing in hits and blocks, yeah. For the whoever's losing, but he also that, gets points. Like he he can sometimes put up points, like because he just plays so much. So like a puck bounces yeah. off him, and there you go. Well, he's like a thirty point defenseman right like yeah. 30 points a year kind of guy and then puts up a lot of hits and blocks apparently he's a good all-around guy too but like all right all right let's go to number 19 we have Neil yakupov 2012 oh yeah you don't um, have him first overall i'm surprised nope i don't have him the worst one um i i disagree with this 
I want to hear your reasoning, but I disagree. Like, <laughs> because he had actually a, at least a good start to his career, right? Yeah, but and... Di Pietro actually had a good start to his career, and the only reason Di Pietro bombed out was because of injuries. Yakupov bombed out because he just sucked. <laughs> Yakupov bombed out because he probably wasn't actually 18 years old. That's all I'm going to say. I keep... I... I think we had this discussion on another pod, but um, just saying, double check those birth certificates. No further comment. Did DPSO even have that many like good seasons? Like, oh, really? for sure. Like, Did he, he was a starting goalie at least. Yakupov was nothing. The problem with that pick. Okay, Yakupov, so have... the first couple of seasons of his career, like the first year he was is in the league, he put up what like fifty points and there you go, almost. 30 goals. That's pretty good. And he just flamed out after that, which is oh, no. impressive. Sorry, sorry. His first season was the lockout year, but he, he was on pace for 60 points and 30 goals. And I just remember that one where I think he scored like a game tying goal and he went and he was doing that slide across the ice. Never forget that big spotlight moment for Nail. I don't know. Fail for Nail. DPHO had like. This is not to say that he wasn't okay a bust. Numbers. This isn't to say that he's not a bust, right? But well, he is not the worst bust. <laughs> so number 20, we've spoiled it. I have Ricky DiPietro. Um, now, the reason I have DiPietro here is because it was just such a stupid pick. Like, again, we're looking back 20 years, drafting a goalie first overall, but you already had Roberto Luongo. You drafted him a year or two before that. Why would you get another yeah. goalie? It didn't really make any sense. It's, it is just a stupid pick. And Fair that's enough. kind of the reason why I have it at twenty. But, but already had that goalie. Are we judging it on the player or the the the, the stupidness of the pick? Di Pietro had a better career than Yakupov in the NHL. <laughs> okay, but like Yakupov literally bombed out. Rick of that Di Pietro NHL. is 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 it's crazy though. Like it just. The, the, yes, he had tons of injuries, but then they signed him to a 13-year contract. I think they're still paying for his buyout. Okay, yeah, but, but if you're talking about the overall stupidity around the pick as well, like, Flurry going first overall in a draft that had Stahl, Jeff Carter... But they didn't have a, a goalie. Guys, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh needed a goalie. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, they did. But I don't think that first four years of Flurry's career made it worth drafting him first overall versus just drafting a couple other goalies in the third to sixth round. And what other goalies were there that's had the career that Fleury's had? But you didn't need a guy that had exactly the career Fleury had. You just, you could pick up half those guys off of, off of free agency for a couple million dollars a year. Right. I completely disagree because I think that Fleury's been a solid goalie most of his career or his other than a couple playoff. Like, if you really look at it, like, how much additional value over a regular average goalie that you can pick up for free agency is, right? So, like, it's, like, the difference between Eric Stahl or Ryan Getzlaff and, like, and a who replacement would, player is a very different skill set would level. Who would Pittsburgh's goalie have been otherwise, right? They had a goalie. They had a consistent goalie. They could have just you drafted keep, okay. a bunch of, this of is, goalies in this the third with, and ended up with like whoever I don't know. Like this is with huge hindsight, right? Because they had Crosby, they had Malkin, they had Latang, right? There's your top two centers and top defensemen. 
You now have I your think, top goal. I just think you're overrating the impact Flurry had versus the impact Latang, Malkin, and Crosby had. Okay, but like still. <sighs> Like, if, we go, if we go back to the Di Pietro draft, Di Pietro's draft was not very strong. Okay. Yeah. But the reason why I have that is because it, it's different to say that if 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 Pittsburgh had another guy who was going to come in and be their starter, and they drafted Flurry Post overall, that's stupid. They had Roberto Luongo. They just drafted him two or three seasons before. I agree. That. The Islanders pick was way more stupid. Yes, a hundred percent. There's no doubting that like whatever the hell the Islanders did was complete nonsense. Especially because Danny Heatley and Marion Gabrick were right behind Rick D. Pietro. You could have had fifty and in 07 if you, you drafted could have had Heatley. 50 in 07. You could have uh, prevented LA from winning some cups, probably. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I I can't accept your whole flurry thing. But anyways, I do agree. Rick D. Pietro and Yel Nelly Akipov, bottom two. I just think you could switch them around and have D. Pietro. 19th and Yakupov 20th. Just, just, just to shit on Yakupov. Well, the thing is, Yakupov only had one good season. He had a rookie season that was really good where he was on pace for 30 goals, 60 points. And then every other year after that, it was just like dog shit. Can any, but like, it, it, it's kind of crazy because he came in in his rookie year and you're like, all right, this guy's, this guy's good. Right? Like, yeah, because Yakupov had more points in a lockout shortened year. Than he did in almost any other year of his career in the NHL, which is insane. Because the next year he put up 24 points in 63 games. Then the next year he put up 33 points. So put up two more points in his rookie season, but he had 80 games compared to 48. And then it just like, fell it's off. Kind of, it's kind of a what, what the hell happened. It's kind of, it's, it's it, has, it has to be effort level. It has to be like his attitude. It can't just, it, it isn't his raw tools because there's no way he puts up that 60 point year in his rookie year without being a good player and having the right like skill set. Right. And it wasn't injuries like Di Pietro. Like Di yeah, Pietro Di bottomed Pietro. out of the league because of injuries. Right? Like it was I, I just literally sucked. <laughs> well that 2012 draft also kind of sucked. Like who could have got first overall? Morgan Riley? I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean Morgan getting Morgan Riley first overall isn't the worst thing in the world. Brian Burke said they were gonna take Morgan Riley first overall. If they had, if the Leafs had it, like, yes, it was kind of a like, like maybe Galchenyuk too was was would have been a better pick, like, but he's also kind of flamed out, but as well, but yeah, that draft was just kind of shit. That top, that top four is probably the worst top four in NHL, like, that I can think of: Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Alex Galchenyuk, and Griffin Reinhardt. Two of those guys aren't in the NHL anymore. One of them's barely in the NHL, and then Ryan Murray's like a solid defenseman. I think Murray's also had like injuries every single year. Can't like I, yes. I always feel bad for players that way because then they're yeah, just down. He, he's still played 350 games so far, so he he's played a decent amount of games. All right, but, that's my list. I hope you enjoyed it. Nobody enjoyed it. Uh, clearly not. I enjoyed it. I put a lot of effort into it. So uh, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. If you made it this far, thank you. I appreciate yeah, so you. I think that's so, it, right? So, so what the Rick DiPietro pick allowed the Islanders to do was trade Roberto Luongo. They made an awful trade, right? But it allowed they them to, for to Yashin. They got to get like Alexi Yashin, I think. No, 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 that wasn't the Luongo trade. So Luongo back in two thousand, June twenty fourteen, uh, twenty four. 
traded from New York Islanders with Ole Jokinen. So two good players. Oof. <laughs> traded it to the Florida Panthers for Mark Parrish and Olik Kavasha. Both, <laughs> both of whom sucked. Not sucked, <laughs> but like weren't Ole Jokinen and Roberto Luongo. Yeah, so, so that was a that was a bad trade. The Islanders have been, uh, since their 80s runs and stuff, have been a poorly managed team. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you guys later for Spikeball. Time to go. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> I kind of wanted to shit on the Islanders draft picks a bit. Hey, everyone. We also have a link to a survey in our episode description. It only takes 60 seconds to fill out, and everyone who submits will automatically be entered for a chance to win AirPods or Blue Wire merch. Really quick, really short. does a lot for the show, and we'd really appreciate it if you filled it out. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning into this week's episode of Talking Hockey. You can follow us and stream us on Spotify and Apple and anywhere else that podcasts are available. Please leave a rating and review on Apple as it does a lot for the podcast and share our podcast with your friends and post clips on Instagram and tag us on it for a repost. You know, we're always looking to grow our podcast. If there's anyone that you think we should talk to or any other podcast that you think we should collaborate with, please let us know. We're always willing to uh, open up our audience and, and try to expand. You can follow us on Instagram at Talking Hockey. And you can also find us on Twitter, which will be linked in the description below. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And I look forward to uh, next week's episode. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.